Welcome. You are now entering the Portal Cast. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Portal Cast. Today's episode is all about remembering who you are and fully embodying it. We are sitting here with Brother Kyle, who will be speaking and sharing about his near-death experience, awakening and controlling his psychic abilities, and also the value and importance of sacred men's work. Brother Kyle, would you lead us in the honor of opening up this portal? Thank you all for tuning in. First off, for being yourselves. That oftentimes is the only thing that's necessary, is being yourself. So thank you, first off. Now to open the space, I'm feeling called to offer a song, actually. So wherever you're at in this now moment, just go ahead and take a deep breath. Bringing into your awareness the ground or the chair you're sitting in. And from this space, allow yourself to feel and sensate whatever's present without judgment. Where's the tension in the body? What are we holding on to? And what are we ready to let go of? So as we breathe, let's breathe into these questions, these inquiries. This song is in Portuguese, and it's to the goddess of the ocean, Yemaya. Kumasimbo ali bali pio na shashe. Kumasimbo ali bali pio na shashe. Kumasimbo amakuloko yone shashe. 
Kumasimbo ene 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 na come dumbe shashe. Kumasimbo ali bali pio na shashe. Kumasimbo ali bali pio na shashe. Kumasimbo amakulo kuyo ne shashe. Kumasimbo ene 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 na come dumbe shashe. Kai kai kai, yemaya alada. Kai kai kai, asesu alada. Kai kai kai, yemaya alada. Kai kai kai, asesu alada. Parigoko, paramihi parigoko, yemaya parigoko. Para mi ki parigoko, imaya, imaya, imaya. Male colinia, necole, io mi la bella. Male colinia, sera necola sia, io mi la bella. Male colinia, necole. Yo mi la bella, male colinia, sera necola sia, yo mi la bella. Kuma simbo, ali bali pio na shashe. Kuma simbo, ali bali pio na shashe. Kuma simbo, ama kuloko yo ne shashe. Kuma simbo, ene, ene, ene na komedumbe shashe. Kuma simbo, Ali bali pio na shashe, kuma simbo. Ali bali pio na shashe, kuma simbo. Amakuloko yo ne shashe, kuma simbo. Ene 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 na komedunde shashe. Kai kai kai, yemaya alada. Kai kai kai. Asesu alada, kai kai kai, yemaya alada, kai kai kai, asesu alada. Oh, wow, I was smiling the whole time. I like how you started off with like a gentle kind of like voice and then it just opened up the whole space of um, prayer and chanting and wow, dude. It's a, por- it's a portal, right? <laughs> We're here to open up the portal. These are the portals, man. You know, I did notice uh, Kai, Kai, Kai. Mm-hmm. Is that an inspiration for Kai El? Um, well, so actually Kai means sea. So in various languages, it can mean the ocean or the sea. Um, so for me... My born name is Kyle, um, but I go by Kai. And then I was on retreat um, studying and learned this song. The whole retreat, I actually had the um, the co-facilitator singing it to me every time I would walk by. And I was like, okay, we're going to learn this. We're going to learn this. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna you ain't going to sing it to me. I'm, I'm going to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, yeah. dun. Wow. And so you took on that kind of like... Kai energy, mm-hmm. which is like ocean, right? Water. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that that in itself is a is an entire rabbit hole that we'll get into for sure. Wow. Um, but wow. my name itself, just Kai, yeah. like there's ancient ancient uh, origins for right 
our names usually. Right. They they hold uh, vibrations and um, offer us a space of mm-hmm. getting to know our own individual purpose in itself. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it's a perfect space, man. Uh, you know, be opening up the portal. First of all, thank you for that song, dude. Uh, <laughs> it's it such an honor, and I'm, I'm, I trust all those behind the screen also received the the same medicine um, that I did as well. And so, yeah, dude, Kyle, uh, the origins. Um, I like how you kind of hold that space uh, of kind of being online since 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to hear more about that, like this uh, awakening process, origins of Kyle, and starting from there man it's it's been it's been an interesting journey so uh yeah my life could probably be seven to ten different movies um but what where we'll start is it's kind of day one one, which is um the third dimension you know coming into physicality here i was born um with a heart defect so at seven days old i had open heart surgery when i was an infant and then after that I lived my life and then grew and progressed in different ways like a normal child. Um, And then different things would arise around my heart, different challenges. So when I was 15 years old, I had a pulmonary valve replacement, which was a full-scale open-heart surgery um, operation. So from the moment I came into embodiment and physicality, it's been a challenge. It's been a test. And it's one that I'm, I'm grateful for now. And there have been moments where I wasn't grateful, where I didn't understand why. The question, why me? Why now? Why this? Why that? And, and sitting here in this moment, I can, I can understand why now. I, I can use the why and let that empower my momentum going forward. So day one came in, came <laughs> in feeling uh, like I need some healing. I guess I say. <laughs> some bars, man. Yeah, and I'm just living now in this moment. Uh, the first lesson is being human is a gift. It really is one that we can cherish and navigate through with grace if we choose to. Every moment is a decision, is a renewal of our commitment. So the challenges are there as stepping stones, as reminders. And that was how I kind of came in. And so in that, I bring that piece forward first because that's what set the dominoes in order. I was never going to be normal. There was just way too much healing that had to be done in periods of time when normal people were developing, normal people were going out on dates and um, dances and prom and these things where... I'm just trying to heal from full open heart surgery in three or four months so that I can go back to school so that I can keep trying to be normal, keep trying to be human, but at the same time knowing that a part of me isn't in this. A part of me is meant to do something more than just this. And so this has been my blessing, my blessing, my reminder that coming in here, like, it's a gift, but you you got to remember that feeling it is how you'll realize it's a gift, how we'll realize it's a gift. Mm-hmm. That's really profound, man, uh, especially symbolisms around the heart. 
mm. you know, and having uh, those reflections. And mm. I like how you bring up uh, the value of uh, trying to be normal, but then acknowledging mm-hmm. that it won't, you're not, you know, and that while well, everyone else is kind of going through this normal human experience, quote unquote, mm-hmm. behind the scenes, there's like this healing that's kind of acc- accruing. And mm-hmm. so what was the next step after that? Uh, it was interesting because that was challenge mm-hmm. one, I guess I would say day one challenge. So let's go into the next uh, movie topic, which could be um, multidimensional experiences. Now, I was born into a family that has the genes for schizophrenia, actually. So my aunt has schizophrenia. My grandfather had schizophrenia as well, um, diagnosed as such. And I myself began to have multidimensional experiences at the age of 9, 10, 11, 12. And I didn't know what was happening. I thought this was this is what this is what everybody's experiencing. Right. This right. is totally what yeah, everybody's experiencing. Everybody? Like <laughs> when I'm zoning out in class, <laughs> like in a completely different <laughs> space. I'm sure everybody else is doing this too. Right. And seeing um, the way in which my family treated my aunt for her disposition, not being able to navigate or control it, scared me. Really frightened me. And, and made me want to really close up and made me want to, it spoke to that piece of myself that felt broken from my first challenge. You came in, you're broken. You're, you're 12 now, you're broken again in a different way. So don't tell anybody. And so in those moments, I, I'd pray. I'd pray, please, please turn this off. Like, please, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that anymore. I don't want that. I don't want to be treated like that. And it turned off. It did. Mm. You said it turned off like your experiences? Yeah. My see? psychic experiences, my gifts stopped. Whoa. But. And, and f- those experiences when you were younger, they were like um, in, in class, like aside from just like going into your own realms, it was like. Um, everything from coming out of my body at night, being able to just fly out of my bedroom window, coming oh back before wow. the sun rose. Wow. Um, just just basically exploring on a completely different level and layer wow. of reality. Um, not <laughs> knowing that it wasn't <laughs> right. everybody else's like, experience. You're like, you don't travel at night no. consciously? <laughs> no, I guess. And, and then that fear <laughs> led me to repress it. And that repression shows up in oh physicality. Yeah. So even though I was a mental, like, okay, I want this to stop. There's a S- physical component that comes into manifestation mm. as a result of that blockage. Sup- the suppression. Yeah, that suppression. Right. And so I I ate a lot. Oh. I, I began to numb myself or insulate myself, that was what I would call it, because I'm too sensitive. I feel too much. I perceive too much. So let me insulate myself so that way I won't be so sensitive. And so I ate. I played video games. And by the end of high school, I was 270 pounds. I was afraid of the scale. I was afraid of the mirror. I was afraid of accountability. And so that was the price I I had to pay to shut that down. And so it served me because I was able to not get labeled or classified as such and then awaken those potentials later on during my journey. 
And so it served in that moment that fear, that safety was was necessary to shut it down. Yeah. And then now it's it's become more of a a really powerful tool. Um, right. And so then after high school, being at this weight, you mm -hmm. know, having this suppression, mm -hmm. what was this breakthrough? What was that kind of moments of starting to uh, receive or it shifts mm -hmm. your relationship to the fear mm -hmm. of what you mentioned? So I had a really interesting experience where mm. I was going to college and the summer reading was Popol Vuh. Popol Vuh? Which is the Mayan, the sacred Mayan text. Oh, what? What kind of reading? For? Just the first level of English. I don't know oh, why yeah. they did this, but yeah. <laughs> in the year of 2011, going into 2012, right. for summer reading, we are reading Popol Vuh. Well. And it's so <laughs> not a s it's so not a text that can be really analyzed like right. from an education standpoint. Right. That's so interesting. So as I read it, it was affecting me and I didn't know what was going on. And it was it began to challenge me. And so I would avoid reading it. And then when I got to school, I had to read it. I had assignments to do and different things. And as I'm reading it, it's just bringing me into these experiences where I'm closing my eyes and I'm portaling, I guess you could say. Portal, <laughs> yes. He's opening the portal, man. <laughs> and then I was, I was just blown away by these experiences and I began to stop going to class. I began to just disconnect from the pressure of the experience. And I had my first medicine experience um, with sacred mushrooms shortly after that, a couple months after reading Popova, was primed with that, and then first experience was just... And what was that experience like as far as like your preparation and going into it, mindset? Going into it back then, right. I'm very much grateful for the people I had around me, because definitely weren't in a space of being super aware and conscious um, of how to utilize the medicine and work with it but they did have enough awareness internally and int intuitively to know how to navigate. So their setup, their intention, we, we had all of those pieces present, even though it wasn't a quote unquote um, lineage based ceremony. Right. So it was, it was super held. It was held very much held. And we went very deep in that experience um, with about 10 to 12 of us. Um, and it, it just, changed so much for me that after that I wasn't going to class as I expressed before which is you know not mm. the best thing to do <laughs> um, and I just thought oh, I'm I'm really smart though like I'll just get all A's next semester <laughs> I was just right. like this is not an issue right um, something's <laughs> going on here I don't know what and then <laughs> I go home for uh, Christmas vacation and they had kicked me out wow. of college yeah they just booted me for failing one semester. And in that moment, I was like, that was when I hit my, like, downturn. That was when I headed right for the bottom. It was like, you're back at home. You're going to community college. You don't have no friends because everybody else is out doing their thing that you were supposed to be doing. Dealing with all of my family's issues, different things. My mom got diagnosed with breast cancer shortly after I returned home while my father was in the process of divorcing her. So I came home into a container and environment where 
I became the immediate support for my mother and I didn't have a father there. And there was expectations of me to be something, to do something with my life. And so that was my moment of I'm here. I'm, I'm not okay anymore. And I had to accept that. And I'll never forget it. Um, there was this moment where I'm in my room and I'm breaking down crying and I don't know what to do. And I just, I look in the mirror and I just yell at myself, why do I have no friends? Why does nobody like me? Why do I feel these things? And in that moment, I heard a voice, but it was my voice. And it said, just wait, you're gonna be great. And in that moment, I believed it. That was the first time I believed it because it was something that wasn't outside of me. It was something that was inside that I could feel, that I had come into contact with, that I knew no one else could change or tell me was wrong or criticize. So from that moment on, I began to listen. From that moment on, I began to learn, to study. And that's when the rabbit hole opened up. Shortly after my rock bottom point, I went to visit my friend who was still at college. Mm. And he was back home with his family, also from Los for Angeles. Chris, for Christmas vacation? Mm -hmm. oh. He invited me to visit. And I'm going through all of these things while learning new information about reality and, and whatnot. And he invites me and his whole family is there. And his grandfather sits us down at dinner and he goes, so Kai, Kyle, what do you, you, you want to do? What do you want to do? And I said, well, I was actually going to school because I wanted to be an environmental engineer. I wanted to really unlock alternative energy and create an economy that isn't restricted by that um, paradigm. And he laughs, and he goes, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> have you ever heard of Nikola Tesla? <laughs> and I just go, no, who's Nikola Tesla? Well, you mean Tesla like the car? No, Nikola Tesla, the scientist. And I was like, no, I have not. He said, well, he tried to do what you're talking about like 100 years ago, and they stopped him. He was going to have a box in everybody's house that would bring unlimited free energy for you to power your internet, anything, your car, all of it. So an entire paradigm shift could it had a potential to happen there. And that was suppressed and locked down by the powers that be. And so in that moment, I was like, well, well why isn't that the case? Because if this technology exists, then it would just be what we use because we're programmed with this mentality that we're just using the doing the best we can with what we have, right. the technology we have. Right. Right. But in reality, there's these free energy sources. The Chicago World's Fair, one of the years in the 1950s, was run on free energy. Before we had like all of these different components in our electrical systems to mitigate like the delivery, if that makes sense, the efficient to increase the efficiency of it. Efficiency wasn't an issue when the energy is free. Right. Right? So mm. that was the magic of it was I woke up right there. That moment of awakening. Yeah, I hit my bottom, and then it was like bottom, bottom, and then it was like wow. there's more here. Wow. And then it was go. So then after this moment of awakening uh, into 
acknowledging Nikolai Tesla's existence mm-hmm. uh, and his mission, um, what occurred after that? And in this process, um, just to kind of circle back a bit, like how was your weight journey through this as well? I, you mm-hmm. mentioned kind of being mm-hmm. overweight and then moving forward. Like, is that still so part of that? So that's another um, progression. That could be another movie right there. Oh, so but I love it. I love that piece as well because that for me – so when I was in my junior year, I was 270 pounds when I was 17. And when I got into college, I had to cycle everywhere. So I lost about 30, 40 pounds. And then after that, I hit my rock bottom and I was at home. And then I started my research, my development, my self-development. And then I had a friend that would come and we would chill and we would um, smoke cannabis and connect <laughs> and he was in college and <laughs> I wasn't mm. and in those moments he would we would share different things about what we're studying and doing and he would ask me he asked me once he said have you ever heard of superfoods have you wor- ever worked with superfoods before I said no 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 I haven't but uh. and then he asked me again uh, no I haven't but tell me a little bit he tells me mo- a little bit oh okay the third time he asked me I'm like, okay, okay, superfoods. I'm listening. I'm listening. It's time to it's time to look at this. And so he's like, yeah, get about 200, 250 bucks and go to Whole Foods and get all of these things. And I had about 30 ingredients, hemp seeds, chia seeds, flax seeds, um, MCT oil, um, spirulina, E3 lye, um, royal jelly, all of these different super <laughs> powerful concentrated nutrients, um, superfoods. And I began taking them, working with them, and I began to see results. I began to see five pounds a week, 10 pounds a week. And then by the time my friends were coming back for summer vacation, because I was going through this, this rock bottom in January to like spring now doing this like weight loss work to by the time they're coming back home and it's the summer. I'm down 40, 50 pounds. I'm thinking differently and operating differently and they don't even really know who I am. Yeah. And, that w- and that in itself was amazing to feel the recognition that I did that. No one else showed up to the gym. No one else put in the hours in the sauna. No one else did those things but me. So in those moments, I had found in January, step one, believe in yourself. You're going to be great. And then step two, show yourself your greatness by doing something about it, by changing your circumstances, by working towards something that you can actually see that's tangible, that you want, that you know you want, that you deserve and you're worthy of. So that was like my decision in that moment. And then just seeing the results end over end. And then that all started to coalesce come together so when we look at awakening these psychic gifts again right Right. that's going to get interesting because my insulation is gone i'm getting rid of my insulation but my sensitivity is still there so how do i navigate this how do i deal with this and so i'm waking up and my mom had breast cancer so my cousin was coming to visit and she told us like I'm doing these things, I'm reading these things. And she goes, oh, you know our family does this. You know that we're like this. All of the women in our family, I'm not a woman, I don't identify, but (laughs) all of the women in my lineage are hyper-intuitive. 
and they were all able to learn how to direct it. And she told me a story about an experience she had. I'll share a little bit about it. Um, where she was driving with her son in the car, driving, and everything's going perfectly. And then all of a sudden, <coughs> her son notices that she passes the turn for their street for their house. And he goes, Mom, where are you going? And she just goes, I'm not driving right now. I don't know what's going on, but we just have to trust. We just have to trust. And so she just keeps trusting, driving, and he's getting a little scared. Mom, where are we going? Where are we going? This is, you know, 10 to 13-year-old boy. Where are we going, Mom? I don't know. We're just, just going to listen. Just going to listen. Mm. And they pull in to a parking lot, and it's the hospital. And he goes, Mom, why are we here? This time, this time he's a little freaked out. Right. And she goes, oh, my gosh, my sister is here. And she runs into the ER. And she goes, my sister is here. My sister is here. Where is she? And they go, how did you know that? She just coded. Like, she just went into def like in code blue, which means she'll, she'll require a defib. What is defib? Like a shock. Oh, like, wow. Like, like, come back to life. Oh, wow. Like, so she was in the transition space. Wow. And she was feeling her sister <laughs> navigating that. And then it just went automatic into spirit in those moments. Wow. And so <laughs> learning that, hearing that experience wow. while beginning to kind of tap into these things helped me really anchor in to trusting it. Because it wasn't just about me and my experience. It was, no, our family can do this. And that's my mom's side. So the mm -hmm. part of my family that's schizophrenic is my dad's side, actually. So I've got both on both sides one hyperintuitive that could control it and the others that couldn't control it really. And when you can't control it, then manifest into what we call as schizophrenia mm -hmm. and as the inability to navigate multidimensional experiences, um, the inability to regulate the nervous system on a physical level so that it feels safe in the body. It's very simple. Like these people that have these mental illnesses or these um, labels placed on them, in reality, it's the inability to self-regulate the nervous system. That's what causes them to disassociate from the reality. It's like if I put you through immense pain, at one point you're just going to disassociate. I don't feel anything anymore. And then when you have someone who's psychic and they disassociate, oh my gosh, now I'm seeing demons and I'm seeing this and I'm seeing that. And that is all determined based on your resonant frequency. So... In my experience, when I was younger, I would come out of my body and I had a very intense experience where <coughs> pretty much the, take a breath, <sighs> had a very intense experience where beings were interacting with me in an extremely negative way. I remember being in my bedroom in the astral plane and in the corner in a ball as a kid and all these beings are all around me, just like mobbing on me. And in that moment, that was the thing that scared me, that brought me into that space of wanting to shut this down. And so as I began to awaken, lose weight, superfoods, super all these different super things, the stuff started to turn on again. And then I needed an outlet. And so 
God bless my cousin, my older cousin. She helped me gain context for it so I could trust it, so I could trust that listening that she had, right? That just, just listening. We're just listening. Son, it's all good. And then from there, all I've been doing is listening. It's super simple. It's hard, though. And when you listen, is that, like, silence? Is this, like, it's a opening. Voice? It's opening to more without putting too much um, context on it. It's opening up to more. And so the issue, or not issue, but a lot of challenges people tend to encounter is the resonant frequency piece. So if I open it, if I open my gifts, but I'm eating Doritos, Cheetos, and In-N-Out Burger, right? Then I'm going to be vibrating at a lower level, right? Uh huh. It's just science. Uh-huh. It's a little science. So I'm gonna be vibrating here. Then I'm gonna see when I open my gifts. I'm gonna see what's on that level. What's on that frequency? That frequency sh- plane. That lower frequency plane. I'm gonna begin to experience it. And so when my parents started arguing or my household started getting negative, that was when it allowed the resonant frequency to drop. And then that created those experiences for me. So coming back to my gifts as an adult or an adolescent, higher adolescent, um, it was about understanding resonance and my own vibration and what I was carrying with within myself. And that was going to orient my multidimensional experience. And so if I'm vibrating up here because I'm eating superfoods and taking care of myself and exercising and doing kundalini yoga and meditation, then pretty much I'm going to be up here. So when my gifts open, it's going to be like, whoa, I'm seeing Jesus. I'm seeing Buddha. I'm seeing Krishna. I'm seeing, I'm seeing these projections of higher mm. dimensional consciousness from my own psyche. Mm. Just don't even these open. projections are being seen mm-hmm. uh, in dreams or are they being seen in the physical plane? Um, it's when we close our eyes. So we can close our eyes and mm-hmm. focus in on the brow point. And then there's a way to access astral space, which most people know what I'm talking about. That's what we're talking about when we say visualization or imagination. So that space that we're tapping into allows us to direct our experience in a unique way. The challenge is learning how to navigate with more tools when we haven't even learned how to be human with the most basic primal tools. <laughs> right. And so that's what we get really interesting because we have a lot of star seeds and higher dimensional yes. people coming in. Yes. And so they're like, I call them top down. Top like, down. Yeah, they're coming in with their upper chakras unlocked. Uh, and then they're trying to learn how to be human. Root down their lower chakras. Exactly. So and then the others that have been trapped here for many, many, many years, reincarnating over and over again, they're locked in the lower three. So that's why the right. upper the upper top people are like, move into your heart, move into your heart, move into your heart. That's <laughs> the answer. And it's like, <laughs> it is for those people. Right. For sure it is. Yeah. And then like for the people for that are like already in starseed, higher dimensional people, it's like your job is to learn how to be human here. You got to get your gift. Like, like we came here to serve, right? We came here to contribute, but also we earned something. We earned the opportunity to have this experience as human beings. And when we forget that, that's when we lose sight of, of our why and we disassociate. And so quick, quick ahead. side note for the people behind the screen. Uh, how do you know if you're a star seed and or how do you know if like where do you how do you uh, determine your spectrum if you're more rooted in your lower or upper chakras? Um, 
I would say there's definitely different signs, but you can kind of tell. Right. Um, you can kind of tell. And, and the one thing I would point to is if you are in a space where you are identifying or you're expanding and you're approach coming to the new, these new realizations, mm -hmm. don't get attached to them. Understand that they are stepping stones for a greater framework. Don't get stuck on one stone. You know, take that next step. That realization that you are a starseed is there to imprint you with the abilities and the gnosis to navigate as a higher dimensional human. And so it's not about being above and beyond. It's about being here now. And that's that's the one piece that for anybody that identifies in that place, it's remember that this is the gift. And if you're avoiding the gift, then you're not willing to do the work to get it. And that's that's challenging. Right. So then in your journey, would you consider yourself being kind of having your upper chakras more activated and then learning how to be human or the yeah, other way around? Definitely. Mm. And that segues into my next challenge. Movie. Yeah, my, my well, this is where the movies meet oh, because okay. everything's leading. Uh, when I was about 21 to 23, okay. that was when they all started to merge. Comes together. The gifts, the physical, the 5D uh, consciousness, okay, okay. all that started to merge. And at the end of 2016, my heart brought up another issue. So when I was 23 years old, I was at the gym. I had taken, and this is for people that have just had open heart surgery, I had taken a dose of Shilajit. Shilajit. Yeah, uh -huh. which is very, very healthy for a lot of people. Like, highly recommend that. But if you've had open heart surgery, do not take it. There are literal studies that say a high concentration of minerals can put the heart into a chronotrophic rhythm, which basically means that it will just continue, continue, continue until the heart basically stops. And so that's a result of basically some electrical wiring from the scar tissue and the imbalance is created with the shilajit. So I had taken that, <laughs> and, you know, me being me, I'm just going to go to the gym now and, you know, do my thing and get to the gym. And I didn't even really do much. I did a few dips, and then I began to feel sort of nauseous, sort of dizzy. I go into the locker room, and I purge, like, my whole superfood smoothie that I had just, like, prepared that was mm. like, you know, <sighs> filled with like 30 plus superfood <laughs> so good you know i was like why am i what's going on here <laughs> and i started to feel weirder i was like okay maybe i have to go to the bathroom i get in the bathroom still i'm not feeling okay and again this is this is the number one rule always listen i hear my voice again inside of me and it says ask for help just once just clearly ask for help and in that moment, it was like, okay, ask for help. Help, help, help. <laughs> and someone goes, okay, I'm going to go get help. I get myself together, and they, <laughs> they bring me into the locker room. And I lay out on a bench. And when I laid out on the bench, that was when I knew something was up. Mm. Because I was like, could feel my heart as if a phone was vibrating inside of my chest. Mm. And it was just ridiculous. So it was like, again, my voice, the one voice, just breathe. Just breathe. It's that simple. Just breathe. No thoughts, no fear. Just breathe. That's it. Can you just breathe? Can you just be human? 
in that moment, it was just breathe. And so this trainer walks in and he's, oh, bro, have you been in the sauna too long? Did you take a pre-workout, dude? I'm like, <laughs> What's bro, going on over here, I'm just, bro? again, in my internally, my internal voice is just breathe. Just breathe. And then I'm like, not can't even summon the energy to respond. To respond. Uh. And so I'm feeling into, okay, what can I say with the least amount of effort that will get the <laughs> point across? And so I go, I've had open heart surgery. And in that moment, he goes, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and he calls the fire department. Yeah. Um, luckily, my gym, yeah. you could throw a rock from my gym and it hit the fire department. What? Like across the street? Or across or the street. Literally oh. right there. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Right there. So Damn. they were there in two to three minutes of like when I asked for help. Wow. So they were just there. And, I, and in that moment, I was like, okay, I feel, it's like, I feel a little safer now, right. but it's still something going on here. Yeah. And so they, <laughs> they like start dying. They start assessing what's going on. They put pads on me. Um, these pads allow them to defibrillate me or shock me. If I um, yeah. go into VTAC uh-huh. or anything or need to be right. resuscitated right. and it allows them to read my heart rhythm at mm. the moment. So they put the pads on, they plug the, the wires into their monitor and then the guy's face goes like this. <laughs> Wait, what? And then <laughs> and he goes, and then he goes, he like taps his homie. He goes, and he goes, <laughs> and he goes is that for real? And he goes, check the leads, check the leads, which are the wires, uh-huh. the electrical wires, check the leads. Whoa. And he goes, they're good. He goes, that's for real. We got to go now. Whoa. And they throw me on a gurney. We got to go, Kyle. And they put me in an ambulance. <laughs> and I'm in the ambulance with two paramedics <laughs> and they are just acting like I'm not even there. What? And I'm just, because they are so confuzzled by what's going on. They didn't know what was going on. They had never seen anything like this. And my oh. heart was going so fast that they didn't know if I was experiencing ventricular tachycardia or atrial fibrillation, atrial. which required two different charge rates to hit at to reset the heart rhythm. So they're looking at it like, well, we don't know what to do. If he goes in, so if he goes code blue, we're going to hit him. But we don't know. We can't hit him when he's conscious right now because his heart's moving too fast. We can't get in between the beat, if that mm, makes sense. Right. can't get in the beat there. So it's like, because it's going so fast. So in that well. moment, I was conscious the entire time. Just breathe. No fear. That was it. Just breathe. No fear. And my lower body starts to hurt. My back starts to hurt. All my oh. intestines start to hurt. And I tell them, oh, oh, this is hurting. And they go, they act as if I'm not even there still. And they go, oh, his lower body is shunting air to his heart to keep it going. That means he's running out of air. Or he's huh. running out of oxygen, technically. <laughs> <laughs> so my just breathing was helping, but it wasn't. I was still not able to oxygenate my not myself enough to keep it going. Oh. And so luckily we arrive at the hospital. Uh-huh. This is about 10 minutes after this, this episode starts yeah. and they wheel me in and I feel like I'm in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. I'm just like, Whoa, I used to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> this, is cra- this is crazy. <laughs> and they're wheeling me in and all the nurses are on me. They're doing their thing. Da, 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 da. Again, I'm just breathing. Just like watching it, observing it, still in sage mode, just breathing. Sage mode. Sage mode. Okay, <laughs> just breathing with <laughs> it, just getting into <laughs> it, and 
when you're in that space, you immediately know who's in charge. When you're in that state of consciousness, it's like you know who's in charge. And in the space, I could tell, oh, that guy's in charge. But that guy looks hella scared. Mm. The guy looks like he doesn't know what to do. Just breathe. <laughs> just breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that moment, I was like, okay, just breathe. And mm. I just kept doing it. And they were kind of waiting, it felt like, for something. And all of a sudden, someone comes running up, and he's like, <gasps> out of breath. And he goes, I just ran all the way from the other side of the hospital. Wow. And it was their head of cardiology, wow. heart, heart specialist. Wow. And the ER doctor looks relieved, which is not something you want to see from the guy who's tasked with saving your life. <laughs> Mm. But he looks at the other mm. guy and he goes, give that a listen. You're never going to hear that again. And the cardiologist puts his stethoscope to my heart and his mouth drops open. And I just started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they, had begun, they had begun to sedate me a little bit mm. um, to like hopefully try to calm my body. Calm your body. To try and like calm ease it out almost. Mm. But it wasn't doing anything. So... I started laughing. <laughs> they look at me like, what the? What the fuck? How is this kid not afraid? Mm. How is this kid embracing this? And then the next thing I remember, mm. I'm not in my body anymore. I try to look down. And that's how I know I'm not in my body because I can't see my feet. And then I look up and I'm in this white space. Mm. And there's no thoughts, there's no feelings. There was just a curiosity, like a hmm, like a huh, a wonderment. Mm. And in that moment, my vibration, my curiosity came back to me, reflected back to me. And I started to move. I started to go, I am that I am, that I am, that I am. over and over again and as it did these waves were just washing over me washing over me and as as they were I became aware there were other presences in the space with me but in that moment we were all one in that moment we were all connected and home back at source or wherever it is we come from and it was only the movement that created the individuality but without movement and silence and simplicity, I was able to arrive at that, that perception of unity in that moment. And then with the snap of a finger, I'm back <laughs> in my body. <laughs> the nurse is standing over me. And she goes, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I go, Whoa, that <laughs> was trippy. Yo, where did I go? And she just looks at me like, fucking, what? This guy is crazy. <laughs> she just looked at me like, this kid is crazy. <laughs> and in that moment, I was so happy. I was so yeah. happy. I have never been that happy. Because I realized that being human is a gift. That that is always going to be there. So why am I rushing to get there? Why am I trying to avoid this experience? Why do I feel unsafe here? And when I asked myself those questions, there was a lot of answers. And in the past, I didn't want to look at that. 
didn't want to deal with that. I wanted to get out of here. But now I had the energy. Now I had the will to look at that, to go at that, to grow through that, to face it. And so I began going deeper, studying, growing. But it became more about who I was connecting with, how I was supporting people, and how together we can really change things. So for me, in the beginning, waking up was about going up and out, being the most woke, lit, conscious, next level being, no one can touch this. Ask me a question, I'll channel it in a second. Like, and I had the abilities, but my soul made a decision to come here to build something. And so if I'm getting caught up in my, gl my gifts, which are just glitter, then I'm not seeing the light, which is the truth of why I'm here, which is the purpose that I was put here to build and create. And so from that moment on, 23 to now, now 27, it's been be human, connect, love, appreciate, experience, enjoy. And that didn't turn off any of my higher dimensional stuff. It applied it. Now I was working in marketing and branding, learning and understanding people, influencing them on a mass scale. All these different jobs I was getting, these careers that I was building for myself with no schooling, were all a result of this internal gnosis, awareness, that I applied to being human, not being beyond. I, I began looking at, okay, I wanna work here because I know I can influence you and you're going to run this ship to where it can grow to half a million. And then I'll be able to influence what you do with that. Because it's not about me making it. It's about us making it together. Mm, together we rise mm -hmm. in unity. So then embracing your humanness, mm -hmm. stepping into building, into supporting, into utilizing these gifts... What has that looked like for you um, mm -hmm. moving forward? And I definitely want to tap in into like the sacred sun's work because mm -hmm. I believe that's you know a big part of being human mm -hmm. uh, is, is working with our energies and mm -hmm. um, being supportive men uh, and our families and, and um, communities. But mm -hmm. can you speak more on this uh, humanness since of 23 course. to now? Of course. <laughs> so to bridge it from a higher dimensional perspective, what we're looking at in my earlier journey was the expansion into like this divine feminine energy, which was what was really being anchored into the planet during my development at that time. And I believe that in the last two years, we've seen a real s resurgence of that energy. And then now we're seeing a resurgence of the divine masculine energy. And so for me, between deciding to be human and now these last four years, it's been a journey through a relationship that lasted two years, um, deep men's work that's been a journey of the last year and a half, I believe. And so it's been really about embracing connection and being present here. And those are like the simple codexes to really integrating. And then what can we do when we integrate, right? And Sacred Sons is a great example of what can happen when you apply this higher dimensional truth, gnosis wisdom, to building vehicles, ships, containers, 
on the physical plane that are tangible, that have purpose, that have practices, that have community consciousness at the heart of them, but they are still generating income. They are still providing finance. They are still taking care of families. And so that's what that divine masculine piece is, is how do we bridge our new awareness of intuition and higher dimensional consciousness into impacting this experience. And the first step is coming into the self and looking at the shadow. I spoke a lot about the nervous system and self-regulating. So the nervous system, after years and years of this experience as humans, we've accumulated so much trauma in our nervous system. And specifically as men, we are taught not to express our emotions. So if we repress our emotions, right, and then as men, it's our job to build, to create, to provide for. And then we have this new awareness. There's a bit of a, of a problem almost that arises because I want to change the world, but I'm uncomfortable with addressing the way in which the world has treated me. And so how can we change the world if we aren't willing to really look at the impact the world has had on us? And from that space, I feel like that's what Sacred Sons has really allowed a lot of men to do, is to come into contact with those experiences, those emotions, those energies, and then move them. And when we move them, it looks a lot of different ways, but the result oftentimes is the same which is coming into deeper alignment, steady, stable, grounded, progressive, driven, God willing. And that is what I feel the divine masculine is now bringing forward in support of the divine feminine. It is no longer about domination. It's no longer about competition. It's about collabor collaboration and contribution. And that's, that's what paradigm Sacred Sons is bringing through and it will continue to ripple out going forward because the way this movement works is it's all, it's all about who's influencing who. So Sacred Sons did an amazing job of anchoring this energetic, this idea into the mass consciousness. So now <laughs> you see hundreds of men circles all over the world, uh. all from the fact that they like built this ship and container in a way that they knew it, was, it wasn't just, okay, the work is important, we're gonna have these weekend retreats, it's, no, we're going to show the world what it looks like to be all of us, to be all of it. Mm. And that is what rippled out, and that's why that vehicle will go very far, mm. is because it was about a why. Mm. It was about inspiration, it was about connection mm. and restoration. Continue to go forward, mm. always in support of what is in this moment and aligned mm. in spirit. Mm. So, the divine feminine, the beautiful women that are like in that embodiment, I honor them for carrying that mm. and know at the same time that I have that feminine polarity as well. There's a high intuition of state, you know? Right. But I also know I have to apply this here. And that transition from knowing to doing. Mm. Is how we arrive at being. Mm. 
I appreciate how you mentioned earlier about like a uh, divine masculine being a connection to God while the divine feminine mm-hmm. is a connection in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and how those do complement um, mm-hmm. and bringing that into a grounded space and how that shows up in conversation and, and communication and space holding when we're in divine partnerships uh, of, in, of intimacy with mm-hmm. others. Uh, can you speak more about that kind of like energetic exchange when it comes mm-hmm. to those communication methods? So... It's definitely interesting. I've learned a lot being in Sacred Sons. Um, it's like being in a in a container where like there's a lot of brothers above you navigating different things. Mm. So what I've learned, mm. um, <laughs> mostly for me, the biggest code has been around polarity. So as the masculine, we hold the electric charge, whereas the feminine holds the magnetic magnetic piece. The two complement each other. Now, when relational containers get too codependent, it loses the charge. And so what we're doing is by separating or by doing our work, our inner work, and charging our polarity in these retreats, in these convergences, we're returning to our relational containers now with a lot of knowledge and learning and a lot more um, space to share and openness. But then also we're returning with that charge, that electricity, which is what the feminine is calling in in for them. So... It's very, very interesting how the best partnerships have that polarity dynamic. The differences are what allow that setup to be what nature is in this moment. Perfect, really. That's uh, really beautiful. Um, also acknowledge, um, and maybe even the space of conversation about even, uh, you brought up how we have both energies within our own selves, but as kind of like being in this body um, and having this masculine energy, kind of having that as mm-hmm. like the the forefront of the kind of energetic uh, exchange mm-hmm. that we're tuning in with, um, but also honoring our own uh, divine feminine and or the energy that we resonate the most with. Um, can you speak more about that as well? Mm-hmm. I actually have um, a friend met in Hawaii he was the first brother where I met him and I was like I can't tell what Mm. energetic is most prominent Mm. in him like he's holding the masculine polarity but then like his energetic is very feminine Uh, and so it was so interesting Uh. having tea with him and sitting with him because I began to understand oh okay this is how you can balance them you can harmonize them. You mm-hmm. can have your practices that support your inner feminine. I have practices that support my inner feminine. And then I have practices that, pu- that support my inner masculine. Like when I'm training in boxing, that's supporting my masculine. <laughs> and, then <laughs> <laughs> and then just yesterday, I'm out in nature um, at Eagle Rock. Oh, and, we're Eagle Rock. And, we're pl- and me and the person I was with, we were playing music. And the falcons came out. And falcons are rare. These are peregrine falcons, most deadly in in this area, meaning they're top predator, other than the hawk. And so, my inner feminine loves to go out in nature and to offer these songs and these prayers and to play flute and to sing. And so, because that is what nourishes me, that is what makes me feel alive, and then that is what reflects back to me the magic that I am. And so as I'm playing, we start hearing, like, we're in, a, we're in a cave on the side of a cliff. 
and we start hearing the Falcons. And someone walks up, and I intuitively was just like, start playing, like, like start playing right now. I was like, okay. And I just start playing, and as, it's, as I'm going off, the Falcons are just like feeding off of the energy, and they're dancing together. They're chasing each other. And no way. I'm playing, and then all of a sudden, one of the Falcons flies up right in front of the cave where we were, Whoa. within 10 feet of us. Big. And just like direct eye contact with me. Just like, just like holding it. <laughs> just like, okay, thank you. Thank you. I understand. Thank mm. you for receiving these prayers. Thank you for, for reflecting back to me the magic that is this moment. And so in, in the, that's how I nourish my inner feminine. Mm. Is everybody has these different practices that nourish these different pieces of themselves. Mm. And that's one piece that will forever be my, my practice. Mm, to nourish that aspect mm. of yourself. I'm curious, uh, also you brought up earlier about kind of part of this work is embracing the shadow. Um, in your story as well, mm -hmm. you brought up how when you went back home, your father was kind of divorcing your mother, mm -hmm. and so his absence was something that mm -hmm. required you to step up and be that support for your mother. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, like, how did that show up during this work about, like, that relationship with your father and, like, kind of those years and those experiences? What type of healing was involved in that? I had a lot of a lot of anger towards my dad mm. and I'm a, I'm a fiery person so <laughs> what's your I'm sign I'm a, I'm a Taurus but oh, I have oh, a, um, oh. a, fi a grand fire triangle in my chart oh wow a grand um, fire triangle yeah so it's mm. like the three fire signs are all 120 degrees apart from each other wow but not in my sun in my moon in my Venus and in my Mars wow um, so I would always debate and do different things with my father he's a very intelligent man and mm. very successful man. And for me, growing up, I had a lot of feelings of unworthiness. A lot of, um, there was a big pattern of shaming in my family to motivate me and to shame me. Um, and then there was big expectations. My dad was a high, was a high level uh, corporate executive um, at one of the top software companies on the planet. And he treated us like we were his employees. Did you do your chores today? No, I didn't cool, now you have to do this entire thing that is like 10 times worse than that thing. And so for me, I'm a rebel. I'm a game changer. And so I wasn't, I wasn't down with that. <laughs> and I, had to lear I learned real quick that hard work was going to be something that was part of my life because mm. um, I have a mouth. <laughs> I know how to use it. Um, so with my pops, I, I love and appreciate him now and with Sacred Sons, that was a lot of my initial um, unpacking, was looking at that, um, looking at how that pattern had, had shown up in my other relationships, in my friendships, in my romantic partnerships, mm. um, in a way that limited me from fully being in my masculine energy mm. um, in a healthy way. I, I had seen so much negative talks of masculinity growing up that mm. I was like, well, masculinity is bad. Right. Like, that's just, like, it's simple. Like, kids think like that. It's just, like, well, good, bad. That's good, that's bad. Right. So, seeing that example, I was like, <laughs> he's bad. Yeah. And so, I, that piece of myself, I locked away. Uh, I kept fragmenting myself in all these different areas. And so, mm. this men's work helped me really reclaim those aspects of myself that can create, that can build, 
that can support, that can hold space, um, and that can develop and build something that will last many generations, not just this one. Mm. Um, but I had to get over myself first, and I had to look at look at the stuff that was there mm. and feel uncomfortable and cry many mm. times right. and be held many times. Mm. And it will still come up because it's not, there's no measurement for healing. There's no like, oh, I'm here. Like, oh, I thought I worked on that and I'm done now. No, right, like right. my dad could say something to me tomorrow that reminds me of that and then brings that energy Bring up that within up. me right. so that I could resource deeper insight in some way. Mm. And so I just have to have the awareness that mm. healing is endless and that it's constantly offering me insight so that I mm. can develop to an even greater level. Mm. So it's not about being perfect or proper or finished. Mm. You're never going to be finished with this test. Mm. Just <laughs> get over it. It's, it's, it's just perfect. Embrace the long It's just run. perfect. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's where the lessons will come from. Like, do you want the lessons to end? Do you want the realizations to end? And the test won't. You know? Mm. So, like, that's the magic of it all. Is being in it. Can we embrace the test, the challenges? And in this last year, I, you know, my, my life is a journey. And... Um, with this, you know, situation on a mass scale with the world and, you know, different people believe different things. Um, I didn't even have an opportunity to tell people to worry about what I believed because when this crisis started in the world, I think we're actually about a day or two away from my mom actually had a stroke last year, uh, about a year from today. And... So while there's lockdowns and the da-da-da-da and all this fear programming and da-da-da-da, I have to learn how to run my, run my mom's business. I have to pay all of her taxes. I have to, like, manage finance. I have to now step up and co-parent my little brother who's, who's a senior this year in high school. I have to, like, st I have to deal with everything. I have to be the point of contact for my mom's care, for her rehabilitation so that she can learn to walk again. And so that in itself, that's been my most recent journey and test. So the last year has been the biggest initiation into, into my masculinity because of the <laughs> fact that I had to put my head down and I didn't know when it was going to end. And I think that's what it means. That's what I learned. It was like, you're going to get lit on fire and, and no one's going to come put it out. You're just going to have to be okay with being on fire. You're just going to have to show up every day and do the work and then every day own the work. Acknowledge mm. that we did that, that I did that. No one else did it. I did it. Mm. So when you're on fire, embrace the fire. <laughs> you did that. We did that. Mm. And, and that has been the biggest lesson. Mm. And that has allowed me to like rekindle the relationship with my father in a way that mm. it has never been. Because now... Mm. I'm seeing the aspects of his relationship with my mother that were incredibly toxic mm. because my mom didn't do any of the healing work. So now I'm coming through as a strong man and I'm mm. being shamed. I'm receiving guilt trips. I'm mm. receiving the same tactics that my mom used on my dad to control the dynamic and situation of their relationship. Mm. And so now I'm basically stepping in initiation of my masculine and navigation of like my own family's uh, shizzle 
that mm. my mom won't deal with. Mm. So I can't change that. I've accepted that, and I love her to death. And all I can do is support her. So what I've done is I've provided, and I believe that's what a man is. Mm. Or for me personally, um, a man provides opportunity, not stuff, because my dad provided stuff. He had money, but opportunity to shine, to be themselves, to embrace the challenge. And so I give my mom the love that she needs right now, which is tough love, which is, hey, did you do your thing? Because, you know, you want to walk again. You want to see want to see my brother graduate. You want to see him shine, don't you? You want to see me get married. You want to see my kids, right? And so I have to give, bring in this awareness, this harsh reality, this truth. It's just truth. There's no way to sugarcoat it. There's no fluff. We have to do the work. It's that simple. And so I'm just grateful for it. <laughs> like leading up to this point, in this now moment, in the last month, everything has just progressed in ways that are beyond everything I had ever imagined in positive ways. And I can see so much further of what's going to come now through my knowing and trust and the ability within myself to handle whatever comes. Because I know whatever comes isn't going to be all rainbows and gumdrops. It's going to be some rain, too. And I'm willing to wither the storm because I know that it's not for me. It's not about me, but it is. But it is. I have to make me important so that I can make an impact. So that's that's the trippy part about it. There's a lot of talk about playing small. I don't want to be too big. In reality, playing small is unworthiness. You know what you're capable of. We know what we're capable of, but we deny ourselves access to that thing that we know is us. So then we identify with that thing, like, oh, I'm super powerful, but we don't use any of it. Right, we don't cultivate our... It's like, oh, hey, I have a million dollars. Yeah, but what, what did you do with it? What do you have to show? Oh, it just sits in my bank account. Cool. You know? Right. So doing the work, applying the teachings, grounding and integrating, mm. those are what I've been navigating lately. And what the masculine is bringing <laughs> forward in this resurgence of divine masculinity mm. in support of the divine feminine right. and the progression of our lineages going forward mm. in alignment with the law of one. Yeah. Always. With the law of one. Real quick, uh, for everyone tuning in, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that, brother. I want everyone just to comment down below, just clapping hands uh, for your story um, and in the inspiration. Uh, that you offer, which is to be in spirit and for all those to be in, in their spirit, to be in a space of courage. Um, and I love how you mentioned this doing the work aspect of it, even in those uh, teachings that is offered to us or humility and reverence is needed to um, move forward on the day to day. Right. In many cases, there's this quote that says uh, at times uh, the work is just chop wood and carry water. It's chop wood and carry water. And when you you're know? enlightened. Yeah, the work is still chop wood and carry water. <laughs> we talked about that a little bit before too. Yeah, just like what are you gonna do once you make it? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna do what I am already doing. Right, chop wood and carry water. Carry water, pray mm-hmm. and do the work. Yes, yes, always. I think that deepens our opportunity to really acknowledge our why and really tune and tap into our purpose mm-hmm. um, and explore that. 
really inspirational in on the spaces of grounding um, and bringing back in, into the body um, and then doing the work uh, mm-hmm. that's necessary to move forward into that. And so I love to kind of explore. I know you have uh, the Nexus, uh, mm-hmm. which is like a community group chat that mm-hmm. uh, you started. Uh, I recently joined, by the way. It's super cool. <laughs> and it's uh, really supportive. <laughs> uh, but I'd love to hear more about like the, the origins of that um, and inspirations moving forward. So with Gnostic Nexus, uh, myself and Mikael, the homie Smell on Instagram, uh, we're looking to create a container pretty much of men and women that we can have support in basically navigating these multidimensional experiences and very much human experiences like this loved one passed away or this weird thing happened to me or what do I eat to like be more on a plant-based diet? You know, like this is an entryway to have the resources, to have access to the resources. So with this Telegram group, we're looking to expand the support pieces. And then from there, a lot of other things will most likely progress. Um, But this is kind of an entryway for people to deepen into some of these power potentials we've been talking about or I've been touching on through my own experience. and actually teaching people how to access higher states of consciousness, but in a way where they're actually doing the grounded work before getting up and out so that they understand how to apply the up and out to here. Um, and there's a, I have, I have been a little hesitant around creating a group like this because there's a little, the things that I've learned and acquired over the years can be used for good or bad. Either way, power is power. Like, it's just good or you can use it either way. So I've been hesitant to share it. But now with the age of Aquarius coming online pretty much, I feel as though it's time now to begin opening the doorway at least and get people in the lobby um, so we can see where we want to go from here, how high we want to go, how fast. Right. Um, And a few uh, questions for clarity. like definition, vocabulary, uh, law, the law of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain that real quick? So the law of one, um, if you're interested in deepening into that piece, uh, I would go look at the raw material, R-A material. Um, and the raw material is this channeled discourse pretty much all about the law of one, which speaks to the unity of all things. But it does so in a way that is very precise so when you hear me use, use that phrase, the law of one, um, you hear a lot of people say, in alignment with God, in alignment with spirit, in alignment with this, in alignment with that. So I'm speaking to the fact that in alignment with the law of one, incredibly precise, because this is a time-space matrix. So it requires precision. If I say in alignment with God, what God? Big G or the Lord God? Because Big G created everything that is, hmm. the Lord God created me. Hmm. And Lord God are... The, lo- like Lord, the Lord God. Lord God. Yeah, um, there's an interesting part of the Bible where they talk hmm. about how like God disappears after oh. the seventh day of creation. Then it becomes the Lord God did this. The Lord God did that. What happened to Big G? Big G gave birth to everything that is and will ever be. And then little G is running it people that think they're God. And so that's, that's when we get into the, the different factions with the masonry and different things like that. 
Um, but yeah, pretty much God. There's there's different term terminologies for it, and that's why I like I lean towards the law of one, because I'm want to speak with precision towards specific intentions or actions that I would like to call into my rea- reality manifestation right. timeline. Um, right. And like you mentioned earlier, like through invocation, you mm-hmm. connect with law of mm-hmm. one. Uh, and real quick, invocation, calling in spirit, calling yeah. in intention, creating the container. Mikael could write, write a whole <laughs> Shout out to Mikael. Yeah, but invocation work is, has been one of the more powerful tools for me. Huh. Um, you know, when we look at religion, prayer, Hail mm-hmm. Mary, full of grace, Lord of Liberty, that is mm. an invocation, right? Mm. Right. It's an invocation. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Those are invocations. So what we're doing when we begin to expand consciousness is invocations give us not control, but I call, I call it command. So I call it command control, meaning that it's not one or the other really. Um, but it gives us command over our reality. So invocation work allows us to command our reality. So simple invocation I'll share right now um, that Mikhail and and I use a lot. It's called the Great Invocation. And the Great Invocation is probably 30 or 40 years old now. It was channeled by Alice Bailey. Um, And yeah, it's a very powerful tool, but I'll share it real quick. Let's all let's all take a deep breath. Yeah. Exhale. And just continue with your breathing at a regular pace. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. And so it is. And so that that would be an example right there um, of an invocation. And purpose of invocations are for command control, command reality, time, space, matrix. So when I'm speaking invocation, I'm not just like speaking the invocation. You see, you see what chakras are engaged when I just change my tone there. Yeah. If I go like, oh yes, from the point of light within the, it's like the top or uh, upper chakras right there. Uh, but when I come in down. full engagement. From the point of light within the mind of God, my lower chakras are empowering my upper transmission. Mm. And so speaking from the solar is, is a very important tool when using invocation because the solar plexus is where our willpower is stored. Right. So if jewels. I want to invoke something into creation, I'm going to have to put some will behind it, right? Some fire. And so that's what we're tapping into. Um, and you also mentioned coming online. Mm-hmm. Can you speak more on like that terminology? Coming online, um, I guess waking up, but in a way that is in alignment with the natural progression. Um, so I believe that everybody wakes up in perfect timing, and 
there's a natural way in which each person is coming online and it's in support of, of the next domino to fall. And so as we navigate, I have all these little like turns <laughs> and tables and things because mm-hmm. this is a new territory. Right. And I have to explain it in ways and put a little flavor on it. You know, <laughs> so people feel like, oh, Lay yeah, I can play. relate to this, this cat because he's like <laughs> not all out there. He's uh, here too. And he right. can go there anytime he wants. But being here is the gift, right? Mm. So might mm. as well put a little flavor on it. Right, um, right. You know, and, and um, thank you for sharing that. I didn't even really get into this too much, but I'd like to kind of like just tap into it about your experiences of psychedelics and integration mm-hmm. work that has occurred uh, uh, afterwards. It's a lot that I speak on this channel. And so I'd like to kind of quickly tap in. You mentioned your first mm-hmm. experience. but Yeah, plant medicine has been a very, very powerful tool in my journey and one that I have immense reverence for and respect and definitely just continually hold the prayers and the mm. gratitude for the, the lineages that preserved um, this wisdom in these ways so that we could remember and, and learn again. Um, now, for me, I've worked with different medicines and the one piece that we all have, that they all have in common is, is the after, is integration. Mm-hmm. So, and that's oftentimes the part that people want to bypass because they want to feel out of body. They want to disassociate. And then some people have bad trips, but that's because it's the same exact thing I was talking about with with my psych. Yeah, exactly. My psychic experiences. It's just some people don't need medicine to open it up. Hmm. And so when we use medicine, we're opening it up. Most people are. And then if their resonance is not in alignment with higher dimensional vibrations, then they're going to see demons, they're going to see this, they're going to see that. They're going to hear voices telling them to kill themselves, da 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 And that's because of their resonant frequency. So with psychedelics, with plant medicine, it's about what you do before and after ceremony. Those are the most important things. What are you showing up with? What are you showing up? What are you willing to look at? And then what are you taking away? What are you going to apply How are you going to show up to the ceremony of life in a new way? That's the the challenge. And so I love and appreciate the plant medicines. And I harp on integration because that is the only way navigation can happen and creation can really anchor in. So I don't don't work with a lot of medicine um, specifically um, that's in the up and out like grandmother right. mushrooms or ayahuasca, yeah, ayahuasca psilocybin. psilocybin. Like, I'm more working with rape, rape, um, tobacco, mm. mambe, like more grounding, present, connective mm. tools that are still high frequency but don't disassociate me from my reality. They make me very present with mm. what I got to do and what I don't want to look at. Mm. But if I look every day, I got it. Right. Then yeah, where's the space to, to work with yeah. it and to move with it? Yeah. It's just about prayer every day, mm. consistency every day. Mm. I think that's what I've learned most from ceremony work and, and yoga discipline work huh. is like, how consistent can you be? Mm. Because ceremony is going to happen once a month, twice a month, maybe. Yeah. But like, what's happening in between there? Mm-hmm. How are we talking to people? 
What mm. are we creating? What do we want to create? Mm. Are we allowing ourselves the space to settle and to mm. just be human? Mm. Right? Right. Yeah. How has uh, integration work looked like for you? Hmm. It's, it's what I call doing nothing. <laughs> now, I don't mean like right. don't do anything. I mean remain consistent with your practice, mm. on your daily practice. But I'm someone that is go, go, go. So when I expand myself a lot, I have do nothing day after, which is a day where I say I'm going to do nothing. But then what could happen is I might do all of my dishes and I might do this and I might do that and I might do my laundry. and blah, blah, blah. So do nothing day can turn into something else other than nothing. But it was the intention of showing up to that day with an openness so that I could settle, right? So I'll have days where I expand, like community gatherings, ceremonies. They expand my upper chakras. And then the next couple days after, it's just do nothing. Just integrate. Just do nothing. And then write or read or just be in your meditative practice consistently. Um, and then from there, we'll see the direction to go. Like listening and mm -hmm. letting things kind of settle. How can you listen if there's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's like <laughs> first you were like not even in this dimension and then you come back to this dimension and it's hard to hear what's going on. Yeah, and right. It's like that integration space allows for it to just settle and for that one voice to be heard again, right? Mm -hmm. Because some people can hear that voice without that medicine, mm -hmm. but the medicine can open that up mm. permanently. That's the magic of the medicine. I look at it like this is a video game. Medicine is a cheat code, mm. and you can use you can use it, but it, but it's like you can you can see what's at the, the level higher levels, right? You can see what's beyond or what's coming in the future, but you still have to you still have to play the levels leading up to that. Mm. And so it's like great to have the awareness mm. that those things are there, mm. but you still got to play the game. Yeah. You still have to live the life. You still have to be human. And there's nothing wrong with being human. I used to judge that. Like I used to hear people be grounded and be like, I'm hearing you say not like don't be me when I hear that. And then I learned, oh, you're saying be here. Not don't be you. Be, be here. here. Be you but here. Be present, yeah. be in this experience, right? Mm -hmm. This interesting um about you speak about the voice it's like a, um, a voice that speaks and i've been having this voice um mm -hmm. speak to me uh and, and through my meditations mm -hmm. and then through my recent journeys and this voice really loudly uh, is telling me and repeating the sentence mm -hmm. and the sentence keeps coming up in each and every moment um and it's so interesting because when it does come up it like sh uh, offers me that awakening and the sentence is deepen your intimacy with this moment and it's just it repeats and it's almost like it gives me that, oh, that's right. And it was happening earlier when I was cutting some uh, mushrooms um, and I was cutting and I was like having some thoughts about getting pre prepared for today. And then, and then it just, it, ca it came to me deep in your intimacy with this moment. And it kind of just woke me up from my thought space into what I was doing. And I was like, oh, that's right. I was like, thank you, mushroom. And I was like, wow, it's such a cool knife. And it's brought me back into my body. Mm. And I'm noticing kind of this voice repeat this to me in moments where it's like, ground be here mm -hmm. this is the gift mm -hmm. 
this is where you'll find what you need. Mm-hmm. This is where the answers are. Mm-hmm. And it's been a really healing space. So I appreciate kind of that um, opportunity of resonance of, mm-hmm. of those uh, moments of listening. The mind is seeking like solutions, information, answers. Right. But the heart knows. Uh, and the heart wants to be present. So oftentimes what that is, is it's like heart knows this one. Be present here. And then what I find that happens, which is just magical, is the heart oftentimes shows me how to do the thing that I was thinking about doing, but in the simplest way, from doing the simplest thing by being the most present with the simplicity. And so the heart doesn't want to know. It, it, it already does. It just wants to be respected and tuned into and honored. It's like if I go and I say, hey, Riz, do this, do that, and you're like, okay, and then you don't do it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to come tell you again, right? Yeah. You know? It's the same way with our heart. It's like if our heart says, go do this, go do that, and you don't listen, our heart's not going to come back and ask you to do it again. Yeah. It's like it's going to wait until you fall apart again, and then that one voice is going to come through, and you're at the bottom. Just wait, you're going to be great. <laughs> and then that's the heart being like, okay, just be present here. The answers are right here. And and the world will be the way it is. We can't control that. All we can do is decide every day to show up as ourselves for our families and our communities. That's the magic of it. It's not about politicians or uh, financial systems. Those are all important pieces for sure that, that we should be aware of ideally. But the essence is just being here now, embracing right now. Deepening our intimacy In with this moment. moment. Yes. In the moment all is well, my friend. Um, so I have a final question for you um, to kind of just uh, in support uh, of what's been shared. But part of it is that uh, you mentioned, you know, individuals awakening to their powers, you know, or, or coming online, you know, a lot of star seeds we mentioned and kind of like what's happening right now with age Aquarius. Um, for individuals kind of like having these experiences, what type of support is available uh, and where can they go um, if they're currently in that experience of like not understanding what's happening to them or um, knowing how to navigate through these psychic abilities? So... I would say if you're having an experience that you have no context for, Mm. it's okay. You're not alone. I wasn't alone. I just didn't know I wasn't alone. So the first step is to know you're not alone. We're not alone here in this experience, in these experiences. The next step is listening, as you've heard me mention many times. But listening to what we want not what others want from us. Mm. And and that's tricky because as psychic people or sensitive people, we can tell what people want without them telling us. Yeah. And then we think, oh, I'm a light worker, so let me give them what they want. And then that's me being a light worker. Mm. No, that's you looking for self-validation. Mm. So, so showing up, like, you know, being like, oh, I'm a light worker, so this validates my label I put on myself. It's like, nah, just be present and listen and and do your work every day mm. and and that is what allows those gifts to expand without much force the tricky part about this is there's no 
there's not really a way for me to put it into words, really. Mm. All I can do is point. I can say, listen. I can say, self-regulate your nervous system. Remember your resonant frequency when accessing your gifts. What are you eating? How are you feeling? Who are you around? What is your environment? Mm. Like, all of these things are important factors that I could point to, but the navigation is unique for each individual person. So be aware that everything affects everything else, and these factors can support or be a hindrance in that expansion or stabilization of your psychic abilities. Um, but consistency every day, prayer every day, they're the most basic, fundamental things within every single religion. So like, I'm all about the things that work. So if all of these different theological containers are using their own flavor of the same modality, <laughs> I can, right. that's probably the thing I should use, ideally, to mm. navigate my experience every single day. Mm. And so just be aware of your tools. Mm. Be aware of your toolbox. Mm. And don't be afraid to use them on yourself. Mm. They're right. for us, not for everybody else. Right. Trusting that inner voice while also taking the action mm -hmm. of, uh, like you mentioned, like the resonance, your association, mm -hmm. your, your, your nutrition, and kind of the consistency and the mm -hmm. prayer that's kind of really grounds us in into mm -hmm. uh, deepening that. One last piece Please. is like, uh, is there's no need to tell everybody our experiences. There's no need to say, oh, I went and I had this thing on, and, and someone's there and they haven't had that experience, and then you feel invalidated and you feel like shame or whatever it is that comes up. And so that pushes you away from those experiences or feeling safe having those experiences. So if you are having these experiences, don't go tell everybody. That's for you. That's for you to do what you came here to do. It's not for everybody else. It's not for you to tell everybody else what to do either. It's for us to just be in it, with it, and to use that gift, that awareness, we don't even have to say that we're psychic or we're, I know this because I'm psychic and I channel. All of that is for you. All of that is your validation seeking. But you are already worthy of that which you have been given and granted. So simply embrace it. Simply embrace it and embody it. Because if I, if I say, hey, I'm doing all of these things and I'm wasting my time telling you this, <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, okay. But like, how are you taking care of yourself, Kai? Like, what are you going to create in this world, Kai? What are you really doing, Kai? You know, like, my words are just words until I decide to make them matter. But I have to trust myself for it to become a reality and get out of my own way and not seek others to reflect back to me the thing I already know I am, which is greatness. You're in that. Greatness, like uh, confidence as word confide, which means to trust. So just trusting yourself is having confidence in yourself, mm -hmm. validating mm -hmm. your own gifts and abilities and mm -hmm. the power of privacy, mm -hmm. knowing what's ours to internalize and then what's appropriate to share. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you for everything that was shared today. Thank you for your presence. Uh, thank you for offering the medicine of your voice, uh, your story, um, and for choosing to be here and, and open up this portal with us. It's truly such an honor and with so much humility and so much grace. It brings so much love and joy to my heart uh, to be able to uh, be in, in earth and in this body with yourself. And so please mm -hmm. feel free to close the portal for us. Uh, <laughs> so wherever you're at, 
just go ahead and close the eyes down, coming into contact with your natural rhythm of breath. Feeling the support beneath you, whether that's the chair, the floor, or a bed. Now bring awareness to the sounds. To how your body feels. To how the inside of your body feels. Now take a deep breath. Notice if there's any tension in the body. And from this space, breathe into that tension. Continue with your regular breathing pattern. In and out. In and out. Remember what you came here for. Remember who you are. Remember the prayers in your heart, the love that you have to share, and the wisdom that is breathing through you in every moment. Embrace yourself, all aspects, broken, shamed, unworthy. Embrace them. Love them. These aspects different experiences that are no longer unfolding, but they still influence our current experience. So by breathing in, we come into contact, and as we exhale, we let go. So breathe into the tension, wherever it is in the body, and breathe out into stillness. You breathe. Notice the silence between thoughts, the pause between breaths. This is where God is. This is where stillness lies eternal. It is always with you. It is always inside of you. Simply remember and breathe, just breathe, even when it hurts, even when it's uncertain, just breathe and embrace the moment. Now let's all take a deep breath together in and breathe out. Next one, breathe into the tension and let go onto the earth. In this space, we start bringing awareness back to the physical. Opening your eyes if your eyes are already open. Bring awareness to the sounds. How the light is in the room the way you feel sitting in the chair, 
this is being human. This is being human. It is when we are being here in Amen that we arrive at silence. And in silence, we find the answer. We hear our own inner voice. So just remember, remember your breath. Remember this moment of being human. Thank you. Aho. Thank you all for tuning in. Brother Kyle, where can people find you um, and reach out? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at pineal underscore purity. And then click the link, go check out the Nexus group. Okay. It's going to be a deep dive with a lot more interesting things coming up. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you guys in the next portal. Peace and love. Closing the portal. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Choo-choo.